Every morning we wake up to a world of obstacles, a world of adversity, a world of fear and doubt. We're faced with hard choices and tough calls. And every day we press on. Every day we push and pull to make something of ourselves. And far too often, we fall. And we ask ourselves how. How did I get here? How did I fall this far? How do I get back up? The answer is not strength. It's not willpower. The answer is faith. Faith that what you're made to do is worth doing. Faith that the one who made you will show you how to do it. Faith that the one who picked you up will not let you fall again. Because the walk of faith is not just a walk. It's a climb. So, so if you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, you can turn with me. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 is, is, is where we're going to be this morning. And for the next seven weeks, we're going to do this series called The Climb. And over the next seven weeks, I want to talk to you about this issue of faith. I want to talk to you about this issue. What does it mean to have faith? What does it mean to have a life of faith? Uh, what, what, what does faith look like? And so over the next seven weeks, we're going we're gonna to investigate this issue of faith, and we're going to use Abraham's life. See, the New Testament says that Abraham was the greatest example that we have of living a life of faith. Now, listen, he didn't do it perfectly. There were some times he fell. There were some times he made some bad decisions. But that's one of the things I love about Scripture. It's honest and it's transparent. And so we're going to look at those situations in Abraham's life as well. So this morning, we're starting with this series, and the, the series is The Climb. The sermon is entitled Beta. Now, if you're a rock climber, you already know the definition of the word beta. See, beta is, is, a, is a word that rock climbers use that helps describe a climb. It helps describe, in the definition of beta, it describes a climb. It, it, it describes how to make a specific climb. And so they'll talk about the div difficulty of the climb, the type of climb it is, where the handholds are, where the footholds are, where the things that you should watch out for, how difficult the climb is, uh, how technical the climb is. And so with, with beta, you should get all the information that you need to successfully make a climb. So as we kick off this series and we look at this issue of faith, I want to talk to you this morning about the beta of faith. I want to talk to you about this issue of faith and what is faith and what isn't faith. See, I think one of the things that the church has done is, is the church has made this issue of faith just kind of so mystical that we're, we're, we really can't understand it, or just so emotional. And so let me just tell you, faith is, faith is not emotion. Faith is not emotion. Faith is not, not a feeling. And really and truly, faith is not even work. Faith, faith is this issue of obedience. Faith is this issue of obedience to where we continue to put one foot in front of the other. See, that's why Paul, Paul said this. He said, it, it, is, it is by faith that you, that you stand firm. It is by your beliefs that you stand firm. And so this is important when, when you're making a climb. This is important in life, and this is important in faith. See, true faith is this. It's simply putting one foot in front of the other. 
even when the circumstances aren't desirable, even when the circumstances are, are, are like less than, uh, are, are confusing, even when it seems like it, it's, it's like impossible. See, faith is this thing that we continually do. Henry Blackaby is the guy that said this, is you cannot stay where you are and go with God. In other words, we're continually moving. We're continually climbing. And what Henry would say is that if you're going to walk with God, you can't stay where you are. In other words, we're growing and we're developing and we're maturing. Now listen, we, we need a working definition of this issue of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, I believe, gives that definition of, of faith. Here's, here's what the scripture says, and then in a few minutes we'll get to Genesis 12. He says this, he says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. In other words, God wants good for you. To have faith, you've got to believe two things. One, you've got to believe God exists. You have a belief in God. But the other thing is you have to believe that, you know what? God rewards obedience. God will reward me. In other words, God will reward me for following him. See, this is true of churches. This is true of people. As you guys know, several years back, we started to climb together to relocate the church. And we've been walking through this process with the city and with engineers and architects. We've been raising money. We've been giving money in, in faith. And, and we're coming down to the place to where the elders are finalizing the, the, the business plan and the proposals and all of those other things as we start looking at making the next step. And so we've been on a climb together as a church, but you're also on a climb together individually. I mean, you walk by... You walk by faith and what Scripture says, God honors people and God honors this issue of faith. And many of us, we, we may be like the guy in Mark chapter 9. Now, the, the, this man had a, had a son that was ill and he had a conversation with Jesus and he, and he made this statement. He, he asked Jesus to like heal his son, and, but he made a statement. He says, but Jesus, if you can, and that word if you can seemed like it kind of offended Jesus or, or upset him. And here's his response, Matthew chapter 9 verse 23. And so Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. What a transparent prayer. What an honest prayer. God, I do believe. Yeah, I got, I got like 40% belief and 60% unbelief. God, could you, could, could you like help me? Could you help me un with this unbelief part? Could you increase my faith? fact is, you see that in Scripture all the time. Jesus would get, like, frustrated at the disciples. He'd, like, fuss at the disciples. You should have had more faith. And they'd say, Lord, like Luke chapter, I think it's chapter, Luke chapter 17, 5, they finally look back, the disciples look back, and Jesus said, Jesus, would you just increase our faith? Have you ever asked God just to increase your faith? Have you ever had an honest prayer with God and said, God, I, you know what, I, I do believe. Right now the circumstances are kind of confusing. The circumstances are kind of difficult. Um, there, there's some things that I don't understand, and God, I do believe, but like, would you, would you help me with like my unbelief? See, see Abraham learned this, and, and over the next seven weeks, we're, we're going to get this. We're going to see how, how Abraham continually made this climb, and he got stronger, and he got stronger, and he got stronger in faith because he, he saw God work. He saw God uh, perform some things in his life, and it, and it developed something in him, and God See, faith is this. Faith is simply when we put one foot in front of the other, but it's also when we take our life and we align our life with, with God. I mean, 
You see this in Abraham's life. It's just so interesting to me. The, the first time that God spoke to Abraham and the last time that God spoke to Abraham was basically the same. Go, take, do, have faith. In other words, this, we, we never quit growing. We never quit learning. We never quit developing. And so, so the, the, this, this morning, I just, I just want to help you with the, with the beta of faith just in a, just in a, just in a real way. Uh, just just right out of scripture, and so so three things for you this morning, and and the first thing is this: is when, when we understand the beta of beta of faith, we believe God's promises, even though it seems impossible. The beta of faith is, is if if your faith is based upon circumstances or emotion, then you're going to ride a roller coaster of life, and it's going to be very emotional. But the beta of faith is this, is we, we believe the promises of God. Even, even when it seems impossible, Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God, God's having a conversation with Abraham. Uh, and you'll see, just, just real quickly, you'll see Abram and Abraham. That's like the same guy. Uh, God changed Abra- Abram's name to Abraham in the story. So don't let that confuse you. Um, it, it's the same guy. And so Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, and so God tells Abram at this time, and you know what, we'll just call him Abraham throughout, save the confusion. Uh, Verse 2, he says, I will make you a a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And can I just tell you this? The reason God blesses you so you can bless others. The reason God blesses you with resources, the reason God blesses you with talent, the reason God blesses you with abilities, the reason you, you walk through some situations, guess what, is so that you can bless others. And so what he was telling Abraham is, is simply this, as I bless you, you bless others. You're, you're going to be a blessing to others. In other words, when God blesses us, it's not just for us. We're to bless others, and you see that in here. But anyway, this had to seem impossible to, to Abraham. Abraham is 75 years of age. Sarah, his wife, is 65 years of age. She has been unable to have children. They don't have any children. And all of a sudden, God comes to him and says, hey, I'm going to make you a father. I'm going to make you a father of a a great nation. And God promised Abraham that he one day was going to have children, even though up until this point he he didn't have any children. And Abraham knew that, you know what, this is humanly impossible. Not only our advanced age, but also Sarah has been unable to have children. And so this seemed impossible to him. Yet, yet Abraham was this guy that, man, he believed God even when it seemed impossible. See, faith. Faith believes not only that God exists, but God rewards those. God rewards those who seek him. God rewards those. God blesses. Listen, God blesses. It doesn't mean everything works out the way we want it to work out in life. And it doesn't mean that we always have our desired outcome and all of those other things. But what Scripture does say is, is God blesses those who seek him and who trust him. See, the Scripture tells us now that God reveals himself through, through Jesus Christ through the scriptures, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by, our, by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on, on high. And so now what, what is happening is he reveals himself 
through Jesus Christ, through Scripture. Jesus is the one that says, if you have seen me, you, you, you've seen the, the, the Father. And so we don't see Jesus physically now, but we do, we do see Jesus in Scripture. That's why the reading of Scripture, that's why life journaling that we do here is just so important because Scripture, what, what, what Scripture tells us is Scripture re- reveals Christ to us. It reveals God to us. That's why reading of Scripture is so important. In other words, this, if you want to increase your faith, then, then the scripture says, is by reading the word. Faith comes by hearing and reading the word. And so, so when you start reading the word, Romans 1.17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from, from faith for faith as it is written. The righteous, the righteous will live by faith. In other words, this issue of faith is like a lifestyle. See, Paul understood, and Paul got into the New Testament, that this personal faith is like living, and it's, 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 like, it's like active, and it's, it's like fluid. Not only do you see terms in the New Testament like they had little faith, they had great faith, they had strong faith, they had weak faith. Uh, it would talk about people that were full of faith. It would t- talk about people that had so much faith, it, it like amazed God, it amazed Jesus. It, he was just amazed at, at their faith. But here's the interesting thing. It is fluid, and it is personal, because there's other times in scripture where, where they would talk about an individual that had great faith and then later on it would talk about that same individual and said they had little faith they had weak faith you see faith is a fluid thing just because you're faithful today doesn't mean you're going to be faithful tomorrow it doesn't mean you're going to be faithful next week and that's why faith is obedience that's why scripture is just so important if you really want to increase your your faith then you begin to life journal. You begin to open up Scripture. You begin to read Scripture, and you allow Scripture to speak to you. And that's where you find in the pages of Scripture that, guess what? God is faithful. God rewards those who seek Him. There's blessing to those who seek Him and who follow Him. I mean, when you just start reading Scripture, and you realize, like, like when God told Noah to, like, to build a boat because it's about ready to rain, I'm going to flood the earth so that you and your family w- will be spared. I mean, and at this time, it... it in, in history, it, it never rained. They, they didn't even know what a boat was. And it seemed impossible to Noah, yet he did what God called him to do. And God did exactly what he said he was going to do. God told Moses, he said, I'm going to take the children of Israel out of, out of slavery, out of Egypt. You just have to trust me. And it seemed impossible to Moses at, at that time. And yet God did exactly what he said he was going to do. God told jo- uh, Joshua to take the... Take, take his army and, and his people and march around the city seven times. And after you marched around the seventh time, guess what? The walls will fall. That had to seem impossible to Joshua. But yet God did exactly what he said he was going to do. God told David when David was a young shepherd boy, he says, David, one day you're going to be the king. You're going to be the king of Egypt. You're going to replace Saul. That had to seem impossible to David, yet God did exactly what he said he was going to do. God told Gideon that you're going to take 300 men and you're going to defeat thousands, and that had to seem impossible to Gideon, but God did exactly what he said he was going to do. God told Elijah when there's like like a three-year drought, it hadn't rained in three years, and and they, they were in economic crisis, economic decline, and he said it's going to rain. It seemed impossible to Elijah, yet God did exactly what he said he was going to do. God told the children of Israel, says, one day, one day I'm going to send a redeemer, the Messiah, the chosen one, that's going to take away your, your sins and what God said he did. Jesus gathered his disciples around and said, I, I just need to let you know that I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to be crucified. But on the third day, Arise again. 
for the forgiveness of your sins. And when you read the pages of Scripture, you realize it just seemed impossible to the disciples, yet God did exactly what he said. Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says this, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenants and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Man, to have faith, you have to know that God exists. You have to know that he rewards those who seek him. Faith trusts that, guess what, that God will keep his promises even when it seems difficult, even when it seems impossible. Faith walks in trust and stands. That's why Paul says that if you want to stand firm, you stand on the Bible, you stand on his promises. And the only way that you're going to know his promises is if you read the, the, the pages of Scripture to where you understand this issue of faith. See, this issue of faith. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. And really and truly, this issue of faith is not really even trying harder to do the right things. And instead, we must have faith that in, in what God can and will do through us. And that no matter what threatens us, no matter what comes against us, that we, we seek the face of God. And we look to him in faith. You know, I, the greatest tragedy that I've witnessed over and over and over again is that we keep underestimating how much God wants to do in us and through us. Too many people believe the lies. That we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not talented enough. We're not spiritual enough. We're just not enough. And Abraham was not a perfect man. And he had some struggles. And you look at what God did in his life, I'm telling you. We've seen so many miracles in this church, right? Some of you have seen miracles. We've seen people radically change their life. We've seen marriages healed. We've seen relationships restored. We've seen people serving and doing all kinds of things in this church. I'm telling you, we as, as a faith community, we have seen miracle after miracle after miracle within this congregation. So the first thing of the beta of faith is that we believe God's promise even though it seems impossible. The second thing is this, we believe God's promise even when the future seems uncertain. We believe God's promise even when the future seems uncertain. This was Abraham, and watch this, uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse, verse 1. He says, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make you your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you I will curse. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord told him. And Lot went with him. Abraham, uh, or Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And so God was preparing Abraham for this, for this climb. And, and God was telling Abraham, the beta of faith is this, Abraham, it's not going to be easy. 
Abraham, there's going to be some difficulty. See, God was upfront about this. I mean, and it seemed the future for now, for Abraham, it seemed like uncertain. Uh, Abraham, if you don't know anything about Abraham, he was very influential in the area in which he lived. He was very wealthy. He was very successful. He had his family around him. He had his friends around him. He's he's elderly. And isn't it true that the older we get, the, the more comfortable we want to be? The older we get, the less we like change, and the less we like to change to our, to our routine. And Abraham was no different, and God was letting him know that, guess what? It's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. In other words, the, the beta, the degree of difficulty, there's going to be, Abraham, I need to let you know, there's going to there's, there's be some difficulty. Guess what? There are going to be some people. Even though you do my will, even though you do what I've called you and asked you to do, guess what? There's going to be some people that don't understand it. There's going to be some people that will curse you. There are going to be some people that will come against you. There are going to be some people that will gossip about you and talk about you and slander you and not understand you. But I just need to let you know that the degree of difficulty is going to be high. And you're going to have to trust me. See, if you believe faith is an emotion, faith is a feeling, <clears throat> faith is like popular opinion that if everybody agrees with me and everybody likes me, then this must be God's will, then you're going to live a life that is, that is confusing. And so God was helping him to understand that the degree of difficulty with the people around you is going to be difficult. But Abraham, following God, following me is not just for you. It's, it's, it's for others, and your life is going to be a blessing. See, Abraham... Abraham made his life count with God. This was like his life journaling moment with God. This was like his time with God where he was opening up the scriptures and he spent time with God. See, for, for, for true communication to happen, right, it has to be two-way. It, it, true communication isn't where one person does all the talking. True communication is to where it's like, it's like two-way. And so for Abraham, when he, when, he, when he spent time with God, it wasn't a time where he just told God all of his needs and all of his wants and all of his desires and said, God, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to take care of this. No, it was a time when Abraham had that conversation with God, and he spoke to God, and God spoke back to him. Now today, we don't talk to God face-to-face like in Abraham's day, but in, but in our day, we, we open up the pages of Scripture, and, and we read Scripture. That's why we life journal here, where we get our scripture and we make our observation and then we apply it to our life and we craft a prayer out of that when God spoke to Abraham verse 4 it just simply says this and I I think it's so important it simply says Abraham left I mean Abraham immediately responded immediate you know uh, procrastination is like this strange phenomenon, right? I mean, we believe that if we procrastinate, like it would like make our life easier. We think it would make our lives more pleasant if we put some things off, if we procrastinate about some stuff. But actually, if, if you've ever procrastinated, you realize that, you know what, it doesn't make life easier. It creates some stress. It, it can create some problems in life. And, and, and Abraham was that guy. When God told him to do it, he just did it. He didn't procrastinate. fact is, he did it the next day. Man, the truth is, many of us, a lot of us, we already know what God wants us to do. We already know what God wants to do us in a situation, a marriage, a relationship, at the wherever. We already know. Whether it's to get in ministry, whether it's serving, whatever, we already know. But we have trouble acting on it. This issue of faith is to where you, just, you trust him even when your future seems uncertain. 
See, Abraham had to overcome this issue of fear, and I believe that's what keeps a lot of us from following him. I think that's what keeps a lot of us from just being obedient. God, God, what if I do this? God, what's going to happen? And so Abraham had to overcome his fear. See, Abraham moved ahead in spite of his fear. When, when, when we face that choice, whether we're going to trust God or we're not going to trust God, whether it's, it's really a, a, an issue of faith or fear. And the crazy thing is, is when we give in to fear, when we allow fear to, like, overcome us, when we allow fear to, like, rule our lives about what's going to happen, it seems impossible, it seems uncertain, you know what happens? You know what fear will do to you? It makes you a skeptic. It just kind of makes you skeptical of everything. And, and all of a sudden, when, when fear rules your mind, you're, you're, afraid of, you're afraid of doing anything. Because you're, you're afraid of, of doing anything. You won't try anything new because you're worried if someone get upset. You're wondering what they'll say. You wonder how they'll criticize you. Fear, if you're not careful, it can make you isolate. It can make you become like just selfish, like, like where you no longer understand that God blesses you so that you can be a blessing to others. And fear will, will make it hard for you to commit to God and commit to others. And it, it just makes you short-sighted. To where you come to the place to where you just you focus on the you focus on the past instead of the future. See, Abraham was this this man that faced his fear. See, faith also is not ignoring the facts. It's not this Pollyanna faith that it just kind of work out. In fact, as Romans tells us that Abraham, when God spoke to him. Abraham faced the facts about his body and his wife's body. And he trusted God anyway. He didn't ignore the facts. He didn't ignore ignore the challenges. He didn't ignore the facts. He moved ahead in spite of the facts. Because he, he trusted. He trusted God. See, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is taking another step in spite of your fear. You'll, you'll never make a climb if you let fear rule you because you will never take that next handhold. You will never take that next foothold. You will never take that next risk because, because of fear, because you're paralyzed by fear, because it, it's always risky, right? It's always risky to, to trust. And, but remember, Abraham is like 75 years old. He's a hero of mine. That even till the end of his life, we're going to see this. Abraham still understood that God could use him and God desired to use him. And Abraham was still aggressive of following God even late in life. Hebrews 11.5 says this, says, By faith Abraham obeyed. And when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going. Can you imagine Abraham? Like Life Journal, can you imagine doing this? You Life Journal, you get your scripture, you get your observation, you get your application, you realize God's calling you to move to a land where you do not know. You go into the living room, you get your family around, say, hey guys, uh, I did my Life Journal this morning, I want to give you a verse, I want to tell you the observation, I want to give you the application. And here it is, God wants us to move. We're, we are moving tomorrow. And they say, well, where are we going? I don't know. Well, how will we know when we get there? got to tell me. Can you imagine that? See, we walk by faith. 
God may tap many of you on the shoulder and say, I, I want you to lead a life group. I want you to serve in a I want you to serve in a ministry. I want you to lead in this area. I want you to come to the place to you realize that your life can be a blessing to others. Here's a verse that I've I have hung on to uh, ever since we came to, to, to Pueblo, leaving Houston, Texas, and family and friends. Uh, Jesus gave this promise, Matthew chapter 19, verse 29. And he says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. That there is a blessing. We believe not only that God exists, but he rewards those who follow him. And I, can I just tell you this real quickly? I believed I've already received the, the hundredfold in the relationships and the friendships that I've built in Pueblo, Colorado. I don't know my, what my life would be like with a lot of relationships that I've made in Pueblo, Colorado. Even though it's Bronco land, still love you guys. Uh, <laughs> you need to get your life right. <laughs> I had someone come up to me after the Saturday night service. Hey, Pastor Charlie, am I in like the hundredfold? I'm like, you're on the bubble. <laughs> we'll find out later. And so here's, here's the third and the last thing, the beta of faith is, is, is this, is we believe God's promise even though the circumstances are not perfect. We believe God's promises even though the circumstances are not, are not perfect. See, this wasn't an easy trip. This wasn't an easy trip for, for Abraham. And, I, and guess what? Just, just so we're tracking this morning. If you're going to follow him, it doesn't mean everything's going to work out the way you want it. It, it, it means... There, there are going to be some surprises. There are some prizes to, to Abraham. There were some things that Abraham came up against that he did not anticipate. He did not expect that he would ever have to deal with. Here's one of them, verse 6, Genesis chapter 12. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the Oak of Moriah. At, the, at that time, the Canaanites, the Canaanites are evil people, and the Canaanites were in the land. In other words, they were giants in the land. So Abraham gets there to the land that God showed him, and God never told him that there's going to be giants in the land. Now you're going to have to, in other words, you're going to have to displace the, these people. And if you know anything about the Canaanites, they were, they were skilled warriors. Uh, they, they, were, they, were, they were very, very large people, and they were hard to displace. And so Abraham gets to the promised land, and he gets to this place, and he realizes, oh, no, there's some difficulty. Oh, no, there's, like, there's, there's some challenges. Listen, let me tell you something. The reason that Canaanites are in your promised land, the reason that the giants are in your promised land is because it's God's insurance policy that only people of faith will inherit the promised land. For you and I to receive that, we, we just got to understand it. We just got to understand that it's like an insurance policy that, that only people of faith, and we live by faith, and so Abraham, when he came up against the, the Canaanites, he didn't get mad. He didn't get angry. He didn't walk away from God. Um, even though it was difficult, Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, he says, Then the Lord appeared to, to, to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel. This is so important. He pitched his tent when Bethel was with Bethel on the west of and Ai on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord 
and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed on, still going, still going towards, still walking in faith. Still climbing. You know what happened to Abraham when he got to this situation to where all of a sudden the circumstances were not perfect? The circumstances were were, were challenging. You know what Abraham did? He pulled away and he worshipped and he called on the name of the Lord. That's what we've been doing this morning. Is we have been calling on the name of the Lord. Listen, I'm telling you, when you understand this principle, when you understand the the principle of worship and coming into the presence of God and calling on the name of the Lord, it changes everything everything. When you come into those situations that are challenging, that rock your world, where you think, I didn't think I'd ever have to deal with this. I didn't think this would ever happen in my life. I can't believe this is my journey. You you still believe God exists And God rewards those who call on the name of the Lord. That he will be with you. And he will walk with you. This principle, we could spend, we could spend, we could spend now until the cowboys kick off. (laughs) Talking about this principle of calling on the name of the Lord. It's gotten my family through some difficulty, calling on the name of the Lord. Remembering his promises. Remember that he is faithful. Remember that he will walk with you through the fire. That's why Paul said in Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Not give thanks for all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You learn to call on the name of the Lord. You learn even in the midst of difficult circumstances. You find something to be grateful for. You find something to thank God for. You find something to praise Him for. See, this is a powerful principle that Paul helped us to understand. If you're wondering what God's will is for you this morning, it's pretty clear in Scripture because he actually said this is the will of God that you'd give thanks in all circumstances. Faith is just not a walk. It's a climb. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?